not at the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. At times like this, I think how lucky I am to be a NASCAR Winston Cup driver and how fortunate I am to have a great sponsor like Napa Auto Parts because Napa understands quality and value and the importance of having a friendly, knowledgeable staff. And it's at times like this, looking around at the empty grandstands and listening to the silence of pit road, that I realize I'm at the wrong track. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Matt Nordby with NASCAR Communications. Appreciate you joining us today to discuss the 2024 NASCAR National Series schedules. We're joined today by NASCAR Senior Vice President of Racing Development and Strategy, Ben Kennedy. And uh, with that, we'll go ahead and get things started. Ben, I'll kick it off with you, and then we'll open up the, uh, the room to questions. But can you walk us through the highlights of the 24 schedule? We have, you know, another new venue, obviously, was announced yesterday with Iowa Speedway. But what are some of the other highlights uh, that, that you can sort of touch on before we get into questions? Great. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. And first of all, um, welcome to everyone. Thank you um, not only for being here today, but for covering our sport um, throughout the year. Appreciate all that you guys do day in and day out. Uh, another exciting day. Um, I know we all have a, a lot of anticipation around schedule announcement day. Uh, but exciting day as we announce the 2024 schedule and, you know, another great blend um, as we think about some of the new markets that we're going to be returning to, um, a new track that a lot of our fans have been asking for for a long time, um, and then a lot of historic racetracks that we get to celebrate as well. So um, first and foremost on the 2024 schedule, I think the most talked about one so far is Iowa Speedway. I had the opportunity to go to Des Moines yesterday. And uh, meet with Governor Reynolds, Rusty Wallace was there, Brad Keselowski was there, and, uh, and make the announcement for the first time. And what will be our 76-year history, we'll be going to Iowa Speedway. So um, really excited to be bringing our Cup Series there, as well as the Xfinity Series and Arkham Menard Series. Um, it's been four years since we've had the chance um, to go to Iowa Speedway, I guess five years next year, um, with one of our National Series in I think it's going to put on a great racing product. Um, frankly, I think it's going to be a good blend between what we've seen um, on short tracks and intermediate style racing, which has been really strong with the next-gen car. Um, and it's something that our fans have been asking for for a long time. So I think it's going to look like an amazing crowd. I'm sure camping will be really strong there. It'll be a great way to kick off NBC's portion of the season. In addition to that, we've already made um, a handful of other announcements. We'll be returning to the Bushlight Clash at the Coliseum, which will, again, be on Big Fox on February 4th. In addition to that, we're going to have our NASCAR Mexico Series joining us for the first time at that event. Um, so really excited to see um, the NASCAR Mexico Series joining us on Sunday, which I think is going to be a great addition um, and a lot of crossover between, um, you know, having some of our Mexico drivers come to Los Angeles uh, and be in the spotlight in downtown Los Angeles in a huge market for us. So it'd be great to um, unofficially kick off our season with an exhibition race at the Clash of the Coliseum. We'll be returning to the Chicago Street Race um, for our second annual year. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we had some weather this year. I'm, I'm excited about what next year is going to look like. We had a lot of things, unfortunately, weren't able to um, do this year as it relates to some of the concerts and other activities 
Um, knock on wood, the weather will be um, a lot better and will look like it does outside today and be able to get some great racing in. So um, obviously a, a huge staple and temple as you think about our 2023 schedule and be great to be back here in Chicago. And then on top of that, um, we'll be returning to North Wilkesboro for the all-star race, an iconic and historic racetrack. Atlanta will be um, moving to the second slot for its spring date after Daytona 500. And then we'll help kick off our playoffs uh, as the very first race um, once we go into the playoffs. And then, you know, to that end, a little bit of a shakeup in the playoff schedule. You know, now that we've seen how the playoffs have, um, have um, you know, shaken out the past couple of years, we want to introduce a little bit of, of variety and innovation to it with introducing Atlanta to that very first race in the playoffs, Watkins Glen right after it, um, Bristol night race in that round of 16 to help close us out, and then Kansas moving to the round of 12. And as you think about the round of 16 and round of 12 in particular, um, and the variability and diversity of the tracks, you know, we have some of the best drivers in the world, and to be able to see um, them on short tracks, um, intermediate tracks, super speedways, and road courses. Um, I can tell you as a fan, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and then last but not least, we'll be heading to um, Phoenix Raceway for our championship again as we crown all three of our National Series champions. Tremendous. Thanks for the overview, overview Ben. Uh, we'll now go to the media for questions. As a reminder, please use uh, your hand-raising function within Zoom. And then when you're called upon, please state your name and your affiliation before asking your questions. With that, we'll start with uh, Bob Pockers. Yeah, Ben, thanks for being on with us. Um, I'm curious, uh, obviously, it seemed like that Iowa was a little bit late addition in the sense of that you couldn't get Montreal done. So I'm curious, A, if that's accurate, and then B, are you still in pursuit of Montreal? And if you do get that done for future years, what does that do with Iowa? Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Um, and enjoyed the the tweeting or um, I guess X posting that we had going there um, for a little bit earlier today. Um, you know, but Iowa Speedway was something that we've talked about for quite a while. Um, you know, this is something that we've been hearing from our fans for a long time, um, and Iowa in particular, that we want to see a cup race there. So unfortunately, had to take a bit of a hiatus. Um, over the past few years with COVID um, for their Xfinity Series and Truck Series, but felt like it was important for us to get back to Iowa Speedway. And then as we think about um, international venues in general, we still are bullish about um, finding our way either north of the border, um, whether that be in Montreal or Toronto or another market or south of the border um, down into Mexico. You know, as we've mentioned in the past, we want to bring our NASCAR Cup Series there at some point. We think it's important for us um, to get outside of the United States um, with our series in some way, shape, or form. So that's something we're going to keep our pulse on as we think about 2025 and beyond. But you know, as we've mentioned in the past, timing is always critical to a lot of these moves. We want to make sure that the market's ready for um, the NASCAR Cup Series as the timing makes sense for the industry and the sport. And um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to move in that direction at some point. All right, we'll move on to Dustin Long. Uh, thank you, Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Hey, Ben, I know you talked a little bit about uh, the playoffs in Atlanta opening up, but you've got with Atlanta a drafting track, Talladega a drafting track. In the past, you hadn't put two drafting tracks in the playoffs. That's certainly 20% of, of the playoffs. 
why was Atlanta in there, or was that as much of a carrot to Atlanta to moving its spring date to Atlanta up to to the uh, February date, where the weather's a little bit more of a, a potential issue for its spring event? Yeah, so a number of things as we think about the movement of the Atlanta dates. Um, you know, I think for starters, as you think about the spring date, um, you know, Daytona 500 is our biggest event of the year, and we carry a lot of momentum in the early part of our season. And with seeing how Atlanta has played out over the past couple of years from a racing product perspective, um, you know, obviously we want to see how it um, it both started and evolved after the repave. And after seeing several races play out at Atlanta, um, felt like it made sense to move it into that second slot after Daytona. Um, it was a natural fit for us, seeing that we're not re returning to Auto Club next year. As we think about heading to the West Coast Swing in Vegas and Phoenix, and then introducing it to the playoffs um, was kind of a myriad of things. Again, the racing product and what we've seen so far, um, the positive fan sentiment that we've seen around, um, you know, what it looks like on track. And then, you know, we felt like it was an opportunity to introduce a little bit of variety to the schedule um, in the playoffs. So, you know, introducing a drafting style track like Atlanta to the round of 16 to follow it up with Watkins Glen. And then the Bristol night race is really going to test um, the the variability of our drivers and their skills as they think about punching their ticket to the round of 12. So um, something that we wanted to do that was a little bit different and um, and shake it up a bit. Also, at, at one point, there was a little bit of rumblings about Rockingham, and obviously things have been, you know, some build, building up there. Was there any conversations or any interest? Or if you put a race in Rockingham, is it going back to the issues 15, 20 years ago, there's a race in Rockingham, there's a race in Darlington, there's a race in Charlotte, that is you're, you're flooding the market, and that there really is no place for Rockingham and NASCAR in the future? No, there's, um, you know, I, I think as we think about the schedule, we, we have had conversations with all sorts of different track owners, um, venue promoters, cities, um, you know, around the world. We've had conversations um, with the folks with Rockingham as well. And, um, you know, it's something that we certainly keep on the radar, as is a number of other um, facilities. So, you know, it's something we do want to be um, mindful of. You know, we have North Wilkesboro, we have a race at Charlotte, we have a race um, a couple of races at Darlington and Martinsville. We do have a lot of races in that part um, of the country. That said, it's also a really important part of the country for us. So um, what the future looks like as we think about that region in particular um, is yet to be seen. But, um, you know, we're going to keep our pulse on, um, you know, all tracks and venues that are out there. Thank you. All right, let's go to Heather Williams. Bye, Mr. B.O. Hey, Ben, uh, Heather Williams from WCYB in Bristol. I had a specific question about the spring date in Bristol. Uh, given the history and when it's been in March with the weather, rain, and, and sometimes even snow being an issue, how much does that history play into when you're moving a date back to like May or March in this instance? Yeah, so, um, you know, it's a great question. And uh, Bristol in particular is something that we have considered quite a bit. You know, it moving off of Easter Sunday and then moving from dirt back to concrete is certainly a big change, but date is also um, an important element of that. And as you think about our schedule, and if you want to bookend it from President's Day weekend um, or February 4th for the Clash, all the way to our championship race, which is, um, you know, the second week of November now, 
Um, you know, it, it is a bit of a challenge as we think about trying to find dates in the February and March windows. Um, naturally, we don't have a ton of racetracks that we can race at in Florida or um, the southern part of the country where it's a little bit warmer in February and March. Uh, so we do have to stay mindful of it. You know, that said, um, you know, we feel like, um, you know, having Bristol that time of year will uh, will make a lot of sense. And coming out of the West Coast swing, um, you know, heading back to Bristol, Martinsville, and then Richmond on Easter, you know, those have always been um, somewhat close to each other and have some date equity around it. So we didn't want to move them too far from their current homes. All right, we'll go to Matt Weaver next. Hey, Matt. Matt Weaver, Sports Knot. Um, with Bristol kind of moving back to the two concrete dates, have you guys closed the door entirely on dirt racing as being part of the identity, whether it's a temporary track or a more permanent track, too? We haven't, no. Um, you know, we're uh, we're certainly open to dirt racing, whether it be with our Cup Series, Xfinity Series, or Craftsman Truck Series something we're going to continue to consider. Um, you know, that said, I think after we've, um, you know, seen racing on the dirt at Bristol play out for the past few years um, and hearing some of the the fan feedback, we felt like it was an opportunity for us to shake things up a bit, move back to the concrete surface in the spring and, um, and, and move back to all asphalt and concrete tracks for 24. I think that said, as we think about, um, you know, what the future looks like, you know, dirt racing does have a unique place in motorsports. Um, you think of a lot of our drivers, they came from dirt racing. Uh, you think of some of the best racing um, that I've personally seen, it's it's on dirt. So um, do I think there's going to be a dirt race sometime in the future? I think so. What that track looks like or what the time is, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. But uh, it's something we're going to keep our pulse on for sure. And you know, I think similar to, um, you know, some of these unique styles of tracks like street courses, um, if it does come back on the schedule, I don't think it's going to be something where we have, you know, 15 different dirt tracks. I, I think it might be one or two that we would have throughout the year and really make it something special. And then, you know, the last two weeks, we've talked about the wild card round and the playoffs and how uh, treacherous it can be for teams to navigate that. And then, Next year, we're basically going to have two wild card rounds. Is there any hesitation or reservation towards uh, what that does from like a sporting standpoint? No, not really. Um, you know, I think as we think about both the round of, I'm assuming the round of 16 and round of 12 that, that you're mentioning and Atlanta coming into the playoffs, you know, it's something that we've talked about quite a bit, um, you know, internally, and we, we've debated as a scheduling team. Certainly competition has weighed in um, and, you know, we've had conversations with with teams around what this could look like. Um, it's certainly that something that we hold, um, you know, very dear to us is making sure that the quality of the, the racing product and the parity is really strong. Um, you know, that said, I do think Atlanta races like a plate track, um, but you also have a lot of comers and goers and, and you need to have a, a good driver and a fast car to be competitive there as well. So, um, you know, I think adding it to the round of 16 is going to be exciting. Having Watkins Glen there is going to test the driver's skill. And then, you know, Bristol is an iconic racetrack for us. So um, having, you know, uh, an Atlanta race in the round of 16 and um, Talladega in the round of 12, I think is going to be really exciting for our fans to see. Thank you. All right. Just a reminder as we move forward to uh, when you ask your question, state your name and affiliation. We'll move on to Jeff Gluck. 
Hey, Jeff Buck from The Athletic. Um, the Darlington-Daytona shift, I know for it, it's largely in part because the the two-week break, obviously, but so is it a given that those will move back to the positions that you had them in following this, or are you still, is that still up in the air, not guaranteed that they'll return to their spots? Uh, it's up in the air. Uh, you know, I've um, I've really enjoyed Daytona as a regular season cutoff race, um, you know, for us for the past few years. I think it's been exciting. It's been unpredictable. It's created a lot of storylines. Um, next year, with us taking two weeks during the Olympics and naturally moving the end of our season back one week, um, shifts that. Uh, and we had a lot of conversations about, does Daytona continue to stay as a regular season, and do you swap it with Darlington? Um, we felt like Darlington on Labor Day weekend um, and being that race is something that's core to, to us and something that's special to our fans. So it's something we want to keep in place and, and really test out as we think about for, for 2024, seeing that it is a little bit different. Um, I know that 25 is, is going to look different. Um, you know, naturally, we'll be in our new meteorites agreements. So it won't be Olympic year. So I think the schedule overall will have um, a lot of variability to it as we think about 25. Um, does that mean we'll be back at Daytona? Potentially. Um, does that mean Daytona is a regular season cutoff race? Potentially. So um, we're going to look at, at all scenarios and, um, you know, part of it will also be looking at, uh, you know, seeing how D Darlington is as a cutoff race for the regular season. All right. Thank you. Okay. Let's move on to Ron Snyder. Hi, this is Ron at WNEP in Scranton near the Poconos. I had two questions on the Poconos. One, a lot of people here since I've been here keep mentioning the fact that they're, you know, frustrated that there's not two races anymore. So my question for you about that is how do you balance when you're making a new schedule going in new markets like Iowa, but obviously still respecting the tradition of, of somewhere like this? And then the second part I wanted to know about is what effect you think having the race here at Pocono a week earlier will do in terms of attendance and how you consider all that? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, and I appreciate it. And it's it's a balancing act, right? So we want to continue to be bold and innovative and introduce new new uh, new venues to the schedule, like a Chicago Street Course at LA Coliseum or Nashville or Circuit of the Americas. Um, that said, unfortunately, we can't add um, new races to the schedule. So um, every time we add a new date, it has to come from somewhere else. Um, so as we think about schedule variability, uh, and getting to some of these new markets, naturally, we do have to make some of those difficult decisions. Um, but I think that said, if you if you looked at Pocono this year, I didn't have the chance to go, but I looked at some of the aerial shots of it. It looked amazing. I mean, the crowd and the grandstands, the camping was unbelievable. Um, it was great to see the amount of people that turned out for the event. Um, the race was fun to watch. And, um, you know, I think having it, even though it's not on the same exact weekend close to its weekend that they had this year, um, I, I think helps keep a little bit of data equity. And it's a lot of conversations that we've had with Nick Igdalski and the group um, is they really love that middle part of July and having some equity around it. So we wanted to try to protect that as much as we could. All right, we'll go to Jordan Bianchi. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Uh, ben, Looking at the schedule and kind of what the Daytona Darlington uh, uh, flip, if you will, uh, how much consideration was given to having a midweek race or a doubleheader during the regular season to accommodate maybe for keeping Daytona as the regular season finale? And then, you know, why didn't that work if you guys were seriously considering that? 
Yeah, so we've um, we've talked a lot about that. Um, we've talked about midweek races. We've had conversations about double headers. Um, I can't tell you how many scenarios we went through. We ended up with uh, our 24th version of the schedule. It was uh, scenario B of 24. So um, there are a number of different variations that we go through as we think about building the schedule. And and those were some of our considerations, right? And we got to see a lot of that play out, especially during COVID and 2021. Um, you know, that said, we felt like it was in our best interest um, to try to keep most of our races on Saturday nights or Sundays. Um, you know, as we've mentioned in the past, a lot of our fans are accustomed to tuning into races on Sunday afternoons. Um, we see some of our strongest um, ratings and viewership and attendance on Sunday afternoons. So we felt like it's important um, to really protect that, um, you know, as we think about 2024. So does it mean that it looks a little bit different on 24 schedule? It does. Um, you know, I think, as we said, we're going to continue to test and iterate. Is the schedule ever going to be perfect? It's not. It's going to be a journey for us. But I think um, seeing how Darlington plays off as a regular season finale, Atlanta and Watkins Glen in the playoffs, introducing some of that innovation just gives us more data as we think about building out new schedules. And then what is something about the schedule that you really wanted to see implemented this year that you weren't able to? Um, that's a good question. I, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. Um, you know, you think about a lot of the highlights, um, you know, to be able to go back to Indianapolis on the Oval for their 30th anniversary, something that we've actually talked about for quite a while to be able to um, do that is going to be special. To be back here in Chicago is going to be amazing. Um, you know, the event this year was unprecedented in a lot of ways, including our winner. And to be able to come back next year um, is, is going to be another temple event for us. Um, so I'm really excited about it. I was going to be another great addition. I have every expectation it's going to be a sold out crowd. The camping's going to look amazing there. Uh, I think the racing product's going to be strong. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing how the, the 24 schedule plays out. All right, we'll go to Greg Engel next. Hey, Ben, congratulations. Um, yeah, I'm glad we finally got it. Uh, looking at Chicago, great race. Uh, can't wait to go back. But you had to give up some concessions. The city said um, you agreed to shorten the event setup and teardown and also committed to addressing costs incurred by city departments. You know, we had a new government there, um, and there was a little bit of pushback. But, hey, you're going back, and that's the bottom line. Did they kind of have you over, you know, kind of over a barrel, so to speak, in terms of uh, because it's a new administration? And how tough were those negotiations to you finally – we're able to, to, you know, pull the trigger and say we're coming back. No, you know, I, I think as we've mentioned around, um, you know, July 1st and 2nd of this year is we had every intention of us going back um, to Chicago for 2024. And it's great to officially um, be able to announce the dates for that next year. And, you know, those are our conversations that we've had, um, you know, so with the, the Johnson administration, um, coming into office, we've had a great relationship and a really open dialogue with him and his entire team, and they've been nothing but fantastic um, to work with um, since May of this year. So we look forward to uh, to continuing to have those conversations and uh, and what the next few years are going to look like. And you know, we're still really bullish on this event and you know what it means to the NASCAR community in the sense of creating a street race in a huge market like Chicago for us. Um, but importantly, what this means um, for Chicago, and we want this to be a positive event 
for the city of Chicago, something that Chicagoans are proud of. Um, and, you know, part of that comes on what happens on Saturday and Sunday of that race weekend. Part of that also comes with, um, you know, road closures and park closures and some of the other um, things that we're doing in communities, whether that's STEM or STEAM initiatives uh, and a handful of other things. So, um, you know, we're really um, proud of the work that Julie Giese and the team has done here this year, um, but bullish about what the, the next few years look like in Chicago. And a quick mention of the media rights. They'll obviously come into play next year. Do, do, do your TV partners and broadcast partners uh, put a lot more pressure, like maybe next year, to, to maybe do some things with the schedule that you felt a little freer to do with this year, or it doesn't matter? Um, you know, the, our broadcast partners are fantastic um, between Fox and NBC, and it's a it's a really collaborative process with them. And, you know, as you think about the layout of the schedule, um, you know, a lot of that is driven from our conversations with them and programming and times, whether it's an afternoon race, a primetime race, a Saturday night race, um, where a lot of our windows are. So, you know, they certainly have a very big voice at the table. Um, that said, we also have a lot of voices um, to hear from. So our fans are probably number one on that list. Broadcast partners are high on the list. Our teams and drivers are high on the list. Um, our partners are high on the list. So there are a lot of folks um, that are certainly weighing in as we think about these scheduling changes. And, you know, it's incumbent upon us to take in all that data and information and feedback, try to make the best calculated decisions as we think about um, rolling out the next schedule. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Uh, we will have to wrap here, but Ben, thanks for all the time. And, and again, uh, thanks for all the hard work over the last year pulling together another dynamic schedule. Um, it's really good stuff. And all the media, appreciate you joining us. Thanks for the coverage um, of the sport. And, of course, see you all out at Charlotte this weekend. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great day. At the floor of Bam Lounge A northern boy just soaking in the virtues of the south Driven down from Boston He left five feet of snow Takes after those white sugar strands to the Gulf of Mexico Waved his hands in the air He had his voice rose through the roof Spread in the message of his undisputed truth like an old-time revival, his old spirits gave him wings. He said this is the promised land, it's what the heart of Dixie means. If you get that special feeling that goes deep into your bones, if you've been moved by power grooves coming out of muscle shows, Y'all have down here Smoky days and dreamland ribs Watch out when I go big Can't first him a gun And you know he saw the light Can't nothing like those sweet magnolia nights In the tight curves of a southern girl In those town day nights Alabama gang from Hewitt Town A rock 
This weekend at Talladega Come on back Anybody that didn't enjoy Talladega Call me tomorrow I want to talk to you Call me tonight I want to know why you're disappointed Unless you finish second Unless you finish behind Ryan Blaney Alright Ryan Hey look Roger Pinsky man I tell you What We we played this on Monday morning But it, it deserves to listen to again Roger comes in there if there's anything tops that he may be too old to handle his job, <laughs> he he's capable and willing and, and able to run what he does. And congratulations! All to right, we're going point. to go ahead and start our post-race press conference here at Talladega Super Speedway for today's Yellowwood 500 at Talladega. We've now been joined by our race-winning team owner, Roger Penske, and race-winning crew chief, Jonathan Hassler. Thank you both for, for joining us for a little bit after this win, and congratulations on Brian taking that victory. Roger, we'll go ahead and start with you. Um, tell us a little bit about your vantage point on those final laps. Well, I was uh, on the outside there just before the start-finish line. It's hard for me to tell who won, but what I did see was the teamwork, you know, with the Fords, with the 36, with Herbst, and certainly, you know, for uh, – Harvick, who his last race here, you know, working like he did with Ryan. Ryan, it was really amazing to see that. But, uh, you know, Hendrick's freight train was coming, and we ever stayed together. I think that was the call that uh, Ford had uh, earlier in the day when we talked. But Ryan did a great job. Um, he was doing a good race. Uh, he was beating himself up last week because of the uh, speeding in the pits. But I uh, said, so let's forget that. And Jonathan gave him a great car, and certainly the when you think about uh, – the Roush Yates horsepower, it didn't hurt us. You can see that today. So it was just a perfect execution, good pitch, good strategy. And uh, he was very calm, which is key for him. And uh, during that middle part of the race, right, Jonathan, when we were a little bit behind, he stayed in the right lane and saving fuel, and at the end it worked out. All right. And, Jonathan, for you, from the box, um, I'm, I'm sure you were um, watching those final laps a little bit intensely knowing that the round of eight is, is cutting after Charlotte, but just tell us a little bit 
of, of your thoughts as well. Yeah, just, uh, you know, obviously, um, I feel like over the last couple of years, we've had a uh, really good speedway program. I feel like we've been, you know, in contention to, to win several of them. Um, so, you know, coming into the day, um, we thought we had a really good chance. We just needed to, and I told the guys this morning, um, you know, we don't need to go out and do anything different. We just need to do what, what we've been doing, uh, execute, and, and we'll be in good shape. Um, and they did that, and, and we were in position, and, and Ryan did a great job there at the end. All right. Well, now go to questions. If you have a question, raise your hand. Get a, we'll get a mic to you. Um, does anyone have an opening question that would like to kick us off? All right. We'll come up front to Jenna. Uh, for both, congratulations for both of you. Just um, how much of a relief is it just to not have to worry about next week at all? Well, you know, when you come out of uh, being the champion in 2022, and we're in a we're in a tight situation here, it was a huge event for us today, and uh, we knew we had to execute. <clears throat> in this place, you never know what happens. You have the best car and end up in a wreck or something, but. Uh, it's a tremendous amount of momentum will give us in this next stage, and then hopefully we can get to the final four. Jonathan, I'm curious. You, know, you guys have this really odd stat. I think you only have like five top fives, but two of them are wins. Like, what, what do you make of that? Uh, you know, I, I don't think our speed has been, um, you know, as good this year as, as maybe it was what it was a year ago. Um, you know, we've we've certainly had uh, we've been really strong in all the speedways. Um, I feel like Atlanta, I put it, Atlanta in that as well. I feel like we were, you know, in contention for those, but we've struggled at a lot of other tracks. Um, so we've just been, you know, trying to to grind it out. And obviously we hit on it at Charlotte, but we've had some weeks where we where we haven't. So, um, yeah, just really haven't had the speed that we wanted to, but I feel like we've definitely uh, been working hard and making some progress. So if you don't have the speed, how do you feel moving forward? Uh, I think we've been making good progress, honestly. I was, um, you know, I thought, uh, honestly, we could have been in contention to win last week at Texas. Um, you know, a little bit of that was strategy, but obviously I had to have a car that would hang in as well, too. Um, so, like I said, I think we've been working, uh, making our program better. Um, I'm excited for sure to go to Vegas. Uh, a rough track seems to be one of our strengths. Uh, obviously, it has a lot of similarities to Charlotte. So, um, yeah, we're just going to keep working. And, and uh, you know, if, if we have a chance to get to Phoenix, Ryan's as good there as anybody else. And Roger, I think I saw a video of you the last two nights at the BC 39, and you made your way here. Um, I, I know you've called racing your, your golf game, your fishing, your hunting, but like, can you get enough racing? Well, as you know, uh, a special BC 39 for Brian Clausen. They've had that event there, and we've invested in the short track. And you know, it's amazing to see these kids drive these. I see where Larson got it. I mean, these guys every single lap, and. Uh, it's just great to be there and to thank the fans for, for coming. And uh, uh, there's a female driver there that I didn't see the night before. I don't know her name, but they said she is outstanding. So, again, we had, you know, some diversity there, which is also good. But the fan base is really great. And with Kyle coming to race at the Speedway for the 500, just think about that, how many Midwest fans that he has. And, uh, look, it's just a great little track. Obviously, we wish you all come at some point. But uh, I had to show up, didn't I? <laughs> All right, we're going to Justin here in the middle. Justin Schuler kicking the tires. Um, Roger, what are the emotions like seeing a defending champion be knocked out of the first round a couple weekends ago and now seeing another driver make it into the round of eight, like Jenna said, without having to worry about the Roval anymore? Well, you know, we've had lots of discussions. In fact, right up to an hour before the race, the things that we had to change so maybe I'll take some of those back, but uh, no, it was—it's terrific. But that's—that's that's the sport. 
I mean, you, you can be on top and you can be on the bottom because all these new teams coming in, I mean, you see the, the success they're having, so we just can't ride on our laurels. In fact, we won last year. doesn't mean anything when you roll out at Daytona, and I think we saw that. We've won races, which is good, but we didn't have the speed, as uh, Jonathan said, but I think each week we're getting better. And I thought last week, other than the speeding penalty, we were right up front. And I think as we go into these next races, you know, we have some things that we know we want to do and hopefully we can execute. All right, additional questions? Okay, go here in the back. Uh, Max Donaldson, Gas and Times is for both. Obviously with his third win at the track, he's starting to get up there with some pretty historic names in the series. What do you take away from his success at this track? Our success here? His and your Oh, Ryan's success. Mm -hmm. Well, he's, he's, as you know, he's won races here, and, and he's been up, he's been in the hunt all the time. I, I think it's a, a combination. I think he is, he doesn't take a lot of chances when he gets shuffled back. I think he stays cool, realizes at the end, and you can listen to him on the radio today. <clears throat> he was, he was very good, and I think with Jonathan and certainly his spotter, you got to give these guys a lot of credit. Just, you know, I listened to two or three of them at one time, and I can't believe the commitment these spotters are making because they're, I think they're driving the car sometimes. So it's a, a tremendous team effort. All right. Any final questions? All right. Roger, Jonathan, Thanks. thank you both for your time Thanks, and congratulations guys. again on that yeah, win. Thank you. All right. Hey, uh, Penske's got a good chance and Ryan can, could, could do it for him. All right, guys. Hey, uh, we're getting ready to get on out of here. I'm taking the weekend off. I've got uh, Homestead and the championship left, guys. So, uh, still got a lot to talk about. A truck series uh, schedule, man, I'm telling you. No need to argue about it. It is what it is, and we just got to work with it and go with it. At least, let's just pray for any. 24th season in here and uh, make it all happen. Hey, thanks for stopping by and listening to the show. Make sure you kind of hit and follow. We're working on some new stuff. Just hang in there. We're still going to bring you the winners. Congratulations to Jesse Love for winning that ARCA. The main argument. Series. Got a chance to go check out Toledo this weekend where they're racing. 